1059 The Region, in partnership with REMAX Prime Properties, present On The Market, real estate advice that works for you. Have a real estate question? Call us at 416-335-1059. Tweet us at 1059 The Region or email us at info at 1059theregion.com. You're listening to 105.9 The Region, and welcome to On The Market. This is York Region's exclusive radio real estate show. I'm station manager Tina Cortez, and my co-host and real estate expert is Asif Khan with REMAX Prime Properties. Good morning, Asif. Good morning, Tina. We begin this weekend with an update on sales. What can you tell us? Well, sales have been absolutely on fire since uh, about June of this year, Tina, and the Toronto Real Estate Board uh, just released their numbers last week, and they are, you know, very very telling as to how the real estate market has performed, you know, post that initial three-month COVID break. We're looking at sales in November up 24.3% over last November, and that's a pretty significant increase. And You know, we had said that at the beginning of the year, we were expecting to hit about 92,000 units sold. We are on pace for that, which is phenomenal. So that's a a huge double-digit increase, Toronto. What about York Region? York Region has led the way. And and if you look at, here's York Region's sales for the year. We've sold 15,212 homes in York Region with an average price hovering around $1.065 $1.065 million, Tina. The the York Region market has attracted a lot of people from the Toronto area, mainly due to the detached home sector, and that has kind of skewed average price because when you have more detached homes selling than condos, then you're going to start to see the average price climb. And, and that's where we sit. We have pretty much every area in York Region except Newmarket, Georgina and East Gwillimbury, over a million dollars in the average price point. So let's talk about the impact on the average price. I guess it's on the rise? It is. So the average price is on the rise, but it's not as significant as what's being reported uh, as the, the numbers that the Toronto Real Estate Board has reported, because what you're seeing is a shift in the mix, Tina. And when you have a shift in the mix, and what I mean by that for our listeners is, as you start to see higher ticket homes selling, so the larger homes, the, the detached homes, the ones with the larger lots, as those sell more and more. So if before we were selling two out of 10 uh, of our sales would be these larger homes, now we're selling maybe five out of 10 properties are these larger homes. So that's going to significantly impact the average price and drive it up. So the perception is that prices have gone up a lot. However, when you're comparing apples to apples and you're comparing detached homes to detached homes, you're going to see that, you know, it's not a a double-digit increase per se. However, the price has continued to climb. If you look at the entire board as a whole, at January 1st, 2020, our average price was sitting at $819,288. If you look at November 30th or December 1st, 2020, the average price sits at $929,433. Now, traditionally, December pricing is down a little bit. So we will see the average price settle in for the year at about $920,000. That's a $100,000 increase 
over January 1st, 2020. Now, you mentioned that the number of homes sold in York Region is on the rise. Do you think, now we've talked about this on the show, do you think it's because people are leaving the 416 and moving to 905 and beyond? They want the greater space, the greater yard, all of those elements that come with outside of 416? That's exactly what it is. They're trying to escape the city because... There's not much reason for them to be right downtown. A lot of the companies in the downtown core are working virtually. The universities are off right now, and people need more space in order for them to be able to homeschool their children or have their kids home from university and at the same time be able to work themselves from home. So they're looking for office space. They're looking for entertaining areas. They're, they're just looking for more land and more space within the home. And you can't really find that in the 416. So they're moving out to the 905, the 705. And that's what's driving the markets in those areas. And even condos. Our condos in the 905 are a little bit larger than the ones in the 416. So people are cashing out of their condos in the 416. And if they want to you know, maintain that condo lifestyle, they're purchasing larger condos in the 905. So the condos in the 905 have not had the same effect that the condos in the 416 have had over this COVID period. There's a lot of talk about condos taking a big hit in the 416. We're not seeing that in the 905. Do you think the city is going to come back? And I'm talking about the city of Toronto. If there is this exodus happening, do you think eventually people will want to go back to 416? There sure will. Uh, you know, this is a great time. If you're looking for an investment property or a condo in downtown Toronto, this is a great time to buy. There's so much inventory. You're not going to get a fire sale by any means, but you're going to get a decent deal on those condos. And remember, there was a lot of talk in previous years about foreign buyers driving the market up and buying the majority of the homes or, you know, driving the average price up. But if you think about our borders being closed for you know, eight of the last 12 months, you're looking at, uh, you know, domestic purchases. And when the borders open up and you open up the floodgates and let everyone else in again, especially the students that are going to move downtown and rent properties, the people that are going to come back to work that are living overseas or in the United States, they're going to be able to come back and, and work here. So that's going to open up that downtown core market again. So we have a little bit of a lull. I would say in the next four or five months, look to see the downtown core condo market start to dwindle down. You're, you're going to start to see inventory dwindle down, and you're going to start to see prices rise again. And it's just a, it, it's a window of opportunity, if you want to call it that right now, for investors that are looking to purchase or even people that want to sign up for a lease. You, you can get a lease right now downtown Toronto for a one plus one. Maybe people were paying about $2,100, $2,200 a month. You could probably pick that up right now for about eighteen to $1,900 a month. Wow. And, and, can I get your perspective then on chasing trends? Because there is this trend to leave the 416 and go for that greater space, whether it's 905, 705, or beyond. Now, what do you think about that idea, you know, that we chase this area that is beyond the 416, and then we're going to chase it back? Is that a good idea to kind of get wrapped up in that trend wheel? It's, it's human nature, I think. And, uh, <laughs> and what we're going to start to see is the, the savvy investors will go against the trend, right? So they're, they're going to look for opportunities. And when they start to see sell-offs in Toronto for condos, 
that's their opportunity to purchase these and they're going to you know buy low and hold on and rent them out and possibly sell high and that's something that you know has always happened in in the Toronto condo market and this is very different than uh, a market crash or you know something that's determined by the the economy or you know some sort of um you know, downturn in the economy. So this has just been a pause in the market. And when you start to see people come back to the city, you're going to start to see that sector of the market take off. And just look at the number of sales that we've had. We're poised for our third best year for sales on the Toronto Real Estate Board. Well, yeah, you beat now, me to it. That was the question it. I was going to ask you was, you know, how did this year compare to, to previous years? This, if we finish uh, December with an 18% or so increase in sales, which is pretty average for the year, uh, that's what we've seen since June is, you know, double-digit increases. And say we don't hit the 20, 25% mark, but we hit 18%, we're going to end up with over 5,000 sales for December. That will put us at 93,000 sales for the year 2020. And that will rank us as the third busiest year for sales on the Toronto Real Estate Board. And I would anticipate, I would expect, that's not what you expected, right, this year? At the beginning, if you remember, in December, we predicted 92 to 93,000 sales. However, Mm -hmm. with the pause that we had uh, from March to almost June, we did not anticipate that we would hit that. I think everyone would have been happy to hit last year's mark, which was around 87,000 sales. And, you know, it is a surprise for sure especially with one major sector of the market taking a hit, which is the condo market in the 416. With a few weeks left in 2020, we'll definitely be watching to see what happens after the break and update on the vacancy tax on the West Coast. This is On the Market on 105.9 The Region. Stay with us. Need to connect with Asif Khan from Remax Prime Properties? Call him, 416-985-Khan. That's 416-985-5426. Or email asif at thehomeshop.ca. Now, back to On the Market on 105.9 The Region. You're listening to 105.9 The Region. Welcome back to On the Market, York Region's only radio real estate show. I'm station manager Tina Cortez, and my co-host is Asif Khan with Remax Prime Properties, and he has today's guest. Thank you, Tina. Joining us next is Kingsley Ma. Kingsley is the director of Remax Western Canada. Kingsley, welcome back to our show. Good to be back. Good to be back. Kingsley, we've heard some talk last week about Toronto implementing a vacancy tax for foreign buyers that are not living in their places here or the places are vacant. Can you shed some light on how that took place in Vancouver and and B.C. specifically and what that meant? Sure, yeah. Um, Well, in in B.C., this is about uh, close to four years ago now, um, when the new new NDP government then came into place, they implemented not one, but actually two taxes. Um, there's the BC Speculation Vacancy Tax, which applies to most metropolitan areas in British Columbia. Um, and uh, it's uh, basically 0.5% for Canadian citizens and permanent residents, and uh, 2% for foreign owners and satellite families. 
And then there's a second one um, for the city of Vancouver that was uh, implemented shortly after that, uh, strictly for the you know city of Vancouver side. And it's uh, 1.25%, and they're upping it to 3% by next year. So, and people often think, you know, are they, is it either or? But uh, for the people that live in the city of Vancouver, no, it's actually combined. Uh, so there's actually two taxes depending on where you live in BC. And so it applies to everyone yep. across the province? Uh, for the BC speculation tax, so it would be the lower mainland and uh, other areas like Kelowna, Victoria, um, and metropolitan like Nanaimo and things like that. But for the empty home tax, that's the city of Vancouver. So if you're outside that, say if you're in you know, uh, Surrey or anything, that doesn't apply. But if you live in the city of Vancouver, that, that part of it will apply. And it's both, if you live in that part of town, then the empty home tax and the speculation tax will both apply to the people that have vacant homes there. And how many people do you think this has affected over the last four years, Kingsley? And, you know, has it forced people to possibly sell their homes rather than just pay the tax? Um, A lot of people, well, if you rent it out, then you don't have to pay tax, so... This actually is, it affected really realistically less than 1% of all the homes in the, in, in the marketplace here. And, uh, and it, it has helped in a way because apparently the, the vacancy tax and the home empty tax is really to make homes more affordable for people, right? Either, either rental or for sale. And what, what, is, what has happened is that uh, in the province of BC, since the tax has been implemented, there's actually 11,000 more homes um, up for rentals. So that's a, that's a huge amount of homes, you know, that were originally vacant, but now they're on the market for, and they're in the market for people to rent the place. So that, it, that itself kind of helped uh, sustain the, the rental prices. So it hasn't really gone in the last couple of years since this was implemented. And because uh, if it wasn't the case, the rental prices would have gone up and, uh, and, there's revenue for the government too, right? And it generated $115 million um, in revenue in 2019 alone. So it, it has helped in terms of slowing down, you know, slowing down price, rental prices going up um, and more, more available homes for people to rent overall. And are there exceptions at all? There are exceptions. Um, so say if you were moving away for a job, or if you if it's a it's a if it's a property right on the beach, uh, like a water access they use the term water access, um, and uh, other things just you know if you're part of the military and things like that, uh, those are exceptions. There's there's many more exceptions that come into play, uh, but you know it kind of goes into the detail part of it. But in general, there are exceptions uh, to a rule depending on what your situation is. And how has the closure of the borders due to COVID-19 impacted the vacancy in terms of people not able to come back? And does that tax affect them? If they are, you know, stranded overseas due to the COVID restrictions, travel restrictions, do they need to pay this 1% tax? Um, Or, sorry, the the vacancy tax? As long as as they haven't made any, you know, change to the rule in terms of the border being closed, but as long as uh, you've stayed there for over six months out of the year, 
then you are okay. This year might be a little bit challenging for a lot of people that, you know, can't even stay for six months. But Canadian residents, instead of, you know, paying, for example, for the speculation vacancy tax, the BC one, instead of paying 2%, if you're Canadian, you pay 0.5% of it. So it's uh, significantly less than, I guess, a foreign owner, the property. And how much is the tax? I mean, I I know you talked in percentages, but how much money are people actually paying for this type of tax? Quite a bit, depending the amount of uh, the assessment of of the, the, the home itself. So how they evaluate it is really by the land title and the Sur- Survey Authority of BC. Essentially, it's the BC assessment part of it. So if your home was assessed for a million bucks that year and you've been vacant for, you know, if, if your home was in the city of Vancouver and you vacant for more than six months out of the year, then if you're a foreign owner, then you pay $20,000, um, using that example, uh, as part of the tax, if you don't, you know, because it's considered vacant, and then if you're it's in the Vancouver part of it, you pay another ten thousand to uh, ten uh, twelve thousand five uh, five hundred dollars on top of that because it's a it's it's a double it's a double whammy basically for the two tax combined. So at the end of the day, you pay over thirty thirty thousand if you're just you know if you're a foreign owner in the city of Vancouver if your home's worth a million bucks. So Kingsley, how much money do you think? this generates for the city itself or for the province itself on an annual basis? Uh, on an annual basis, it's, it's about a little over $100 million on an annual basis. And uh, however, um, sometimes people look at, you know, well, what's the result of this? Is this good or is this overall, you know, anti-home tax or speculation tax a good thing for the province or for the people? Um, in some way it is because it generated more homes to be for rentals. However, and, and also, you know, consider over $100 million is quite a bit. However, um, on the flip side of it, just kind of playing the devil's advocate here, is that, you know, it, it, it makes, it, when this was implemented, the market kind of slowed down significantly. Um, this is part of the reason for it, not the entire reason. And the property transfer tax actually dropped by $350 million um, in 2019. You know, so you have to see... If, it, if the revenue that is generated for the province outweighs the, you know, the amount, the revenue that's lost in other areas. And also, um, part of the result of this is, you know, it's supposed to be make, making homes more affordable for people. Um, for the two, first two and a half years, this is, you know, proven to be true. But as of this year, the market has climbed significantly. To give you an example, um, October 2020, prices were up by 12.5% over October 2019. So the implementation, you know, having these kind of taxes does not really, is not, does not really affect, the, you know, in terms of what the price are for sale. Um, there are other factors like uh, interest rates or, you know, other things that go into involved with the, you know, overall effect of the prices of homes. Kingsley, great information as always. If people want to pick your brain about how the vacancy tax may affect them here in Toronto, how can they reach you? Uh, they can reach me at uh, Kingsley Ma, uh, K-I-N-G-S-L-E-Y-M-A at Remax.ca. Um, I'll be more than happy to answer any questions regarding this topic. Thank you very much, and we look forward to having you on again in the new year. Thank you. When we come back, this week's hot listing and your questions. This is On the Market on 105.9 The Region. Stay with us. 
Need to connect with Asif Khan from Remax Prime Properties? Call him, 416-985-Khan. That's 416-985-5426. Or email asif at thehomeshop.ca. Now, back to On the Market on 105.9 The Region. Welcome back to On the Market, York Region's exclusive radio real estate show on 105.9 The Region. Time now for our listener questions. And the first one comes from Don in Markham. He is a first-time buyer and wants to know what are the benefits or breaks that he should take advantage of, and are there things he should watch out for? Asif? Great question, and and one of the benefits or the breaks of being a first-time buyer is the discount for your land transfer tax, your rebate. So that's a, a great thing to look out for. And, you know, you got to remember in the 905, you're only paying one land transfer tax, whereas in the 416, you would pay two. Although you get rebates on both, you have a significant savings in the 905. The other thing is, uh, you can, the rates are absolutely fabulous right now. I mean, they're, we're hearing talk of HSBC kicking around a rate of 0.99%. Now, that's very new to the market. We'll have to do some homework on that and get uh, some advice from our mortgage partners as to what that plan includes and how it benefits uh, the home buyers that are out there right now. So uh, what you want to do is, first of all, you want to find out what type of property you want, what type of property suits your lifestyle. There's a lot of deals right now uh, in terms of condos that are available in the 416, but at the same time, there's a lot of condos being built in the 905 that you can take advantage of as well in, in terms of price point and location. You know, the subway is going to be coming north, so it really depends on your lifestyle. So many Homes being built as well, just north uh, in Markham and Richmond Hill. So you have a lot of choices right now, and it's a great time for you to get into the market to take advantage of these low interest rates. Our next question is from Sandy in Scarborough. She wants to know, since I can work from anywhere, I'm planning to move my family out of high-priced Toronto. Where should I begin my search? Where is the cost of living less? Sandy must have been listening to us earlier in the show, don't you think, Asif? Yeah, for sure. So, Sandy, again, uh, it's uh, it's a lifestyle choice. It's where you want to be. We've uh, we've had clients move from Toronto uh, all the way up to, uh, you know, they want to be by the water. They're moving to Innisfil. They're moving to Barrie. They're moving up to Wasaga Beach. So there's a lot of opportunity for you right now, especially with everyone working remotely and schools being online. There's nothing tying people down to that 416 core anymore. And that's what we've seen. Well, we've had people move as far as Nova Scotia. And, and that's to be right on the water. So again, it's a lifestyle choice. It's, you know, what do you need close to you? What type of amenities do you need close to you? You know, do you, your kids play sports that you need to be close, to, you know, to, to their sporting events? Uh, when those come back, it just depends on how you see your family growing and, and where you see yourself settling in. And if you need accessibility to the city for, you know, to come back to work for a day or two a week, you want to be close to a major highway. These are all questions that we can answer when we sit down and, and do a, a buyer evaluation and figure out uh, where it's possible for you to move to. But you've got so many options right through the 905 that uh, you know you're gonna you're gonna find the right place at the right price, and for sure your cost of living is gonna be a lot less. 
So many options, great information. And just before we go, Asif, this week's hot listing, what have you got for us? Well, Tina, we have a piece of land, and what a fabulous opportunity with people, you know, looking to move up north or, you know, have more space. We have 2.85 acres. It's just north of Mount Albert, uh, which is just up Highway 48, and it is just minutes away from the 404, from Newmarket. This is an absolute field of dreams. You have so many options to to build here. Even if you wanted a, a work and live type of property, you could do that here. And the seller is willing to hold some of the mortgage for you. So this property, 2.85 acres, is listed for $250,000, which is quite a steal. And then you could build on top of that. And what do you mean when the seller is willing to hold the mortgage? How does that work? So it's called a vendor take back and the seller is willing if people don't want to get conventional financing, sometimes banks give you a harder time when it's vacant land and uh, they they won't give you full funding for it. Like uh, traditional mortgage, you may have to have 30, 40, 50% down in order to buy a piece of vacant land, but the vendor is willing to work with the purchaser and say they only have 20% down, uh, the vendor will take back another 20 or 30% uh, at as a second mortgage and that allows the purchaser to buy this property. Asif, if our listeners want more information about this property, where can they find it? They can call Steve Fleming at 905-478-1101, and he'll be able to take them through, show them the property, and give them all the answers. And if our listeners want to connect with you directly, how can they do that? They can call me at 416-985-CON. Tina, that's 416-985-5426. Thanks, Asif. That's our show for this week. Remember, if you need to connect with Asif Khan, or if you missed any part of On the Market, go to 1059theregion.com. Thanks for listening. Need to connect with Asif Khan from REMAX Prime Properties? Call him, 416-985-CON. That's 416-985-5426. Or email asif at thehomeshop.ca.